Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash Dexter. Hi everyone and welcome to this very special edition of Dissecting Dexter. I'm Gareth Watkins and I'm very proud to announce that this is the 50th episode of Dissecting Dexter and what better way to mark this occasion than to have an interview with someone from the show. I was very lucky and very happy to be able to have a conversation with David Zayas who of course we all know better as Sergeant Angel Batista from Dexter. David was very generous with his time and his answers, clearly very enthusiastic about the show, understandably, it's a big part of his career, and he was very keen to chat about his experiences on the show and his thoughts about the writing and the storylines and characters and actors, and I'm very grateful to David for giving up some of his valuable time. So thank you to David, (laughs) and also to Greg from... ATA Management for helping to arrange this. So I won't waffle on, let's get straight into it. Here's the conversation with David, I hope you guys enjoy. As always, send in any feedback to dissectingdexter at gmail.com or Twitter, it's at dissectdexter. Okay, here we go, here's the chat with David. Hope you enjoy. You're listening to Dissecting Dexter. Hi, David. Hey, Garrett. How are you, man? Hi, I'm very good, thank you. It's it's great to speak with you. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Um, oh, it's my pleasure. It's very nice to speak with you. Thank you. I and I'm sure all the podcast listeners really appreciate you giving up your time to come on. Uh, I don't know if Greg has told you much about the podcast. Uh, he did. He, he explained some some of it. You know, um, you, I guess you've had other. My other peers on the show uh, have been on on the show. A couple of them. Uh, a- actually, uh, no. Uh, you're you're my first interview. Um, oh, wonderful! Okay. Actually, so um, um, that's why I'm so chuffed that um, that you stepped up and uh, <laughs> agreed to give up some of your time for me. Uh, so I really appreciate it. I can't thank you enough. Not a, not a problem. Not and, a problem at all. And, and it's great because this is actually uh, a special occasion for me because it's my fiftieth episode of Dissecting Dexter, so extra special <laughs> from my point of view. Um, but uh, I guess I guess you must be gearing up, getting ready to shoot the new season of Dexter, right? Yes, we, uh, we start next month, and um, we start the seventh season next month, and I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Have you uh, got any scripts yet? No, no, they, they won't. I won't know until like a week before we start shooting. Uh, I have no idea what, how they're going to continue from the end of last season. Yeah, okay. Uh, and do you have a start date? Uh, uh, I just know, all I know is the end of May. I don't have a start oh, okay. date. Okay. Right, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to uh, how the last season ended. Um, Obviously, uh, a bit of an elephant in the room, <laughs> but um, yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look, looking back at your early career, I, I 
must admit, I do find it fascinating that you were a, a New York police officer for for a considerable time. Well, yeah. Before that, I was in the I was in the Air Force and I was stationed in Ipswich for three years in uh, in Ipswich, England. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I was stationed in Ben Waters Woodbridge, which is uh, right by Ipswich, and I lived in the town of Ipswich for three years when I was when I was a lot younger. And then I got out of there and I became a New York City police officer. Wow. And how long were you doing that for? I did that for about 15 years. Um, halfway into that career, though, is when I started uh, studying acting and I started doing a lot of theater. Um, and I continued to do theater with, uh, with a theater company that I was a part of called Labyrinth Theater Company. And uh, we did a show in, in England. We did a show in the West End called Jesus Hop the A Train. We did it at the Dunmar, and then we did it at the Arts. Oh, very good. Yeah, Dunmar is a very uh, well-known theatre in in London for some. I love the Dunmar. Dunmar. Dunmar was fantastic. Sam Mendes yeah. was running it at the time. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a really wonderful time there. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you always had aspirations of being an actor then from a young age yes yes I've always wanted to be an actor um, you know life life interferes with that sometimes and you have to do what you have to do but um, I've always in the back of my back of my mind I've always um, you know had a desire to get into the performing arts uh, whether it's theater television film uh, it was always a desire of mine to do that that's great. So, how did the job on Dexter come about? Did did were you? Um, uh, I auditioned. I auditioned in okay. New York, um, and uh, met the director, uh, Michael Cuesta, who directed the pilot, and uh, one of the executive producers, Sarah Colleton. And um, I auditioned in New York, and and then they um, flew me to Los Angeles to to test for the part, and I was lucky enough to get it. And uh, we started shooting in Miami at the end of 2005. We shot the pilot in Miami. And then uh, 2006, the show got picked up, and we started shooting the series in, in Los Angeles. Okay. And were you familiar with uh, who your co-stars were going to be? Had you worked with any of them before? Well, I knew, I knew who Michael C. Hall was because I was a fan of Six Feet Under. Um, I had worked with Lauren Velez and uh, Eric King, and uh, we were all three of us was on the HBO show called Oz about prison on HBO. Um, so I knew Lauren and I knew Eric. Uh, I had not met CS uh, or James um, or Jennifer or Julie Benz until I got on the set. Uh, but we immediately bonded and, and became pretty close, and we have a really good cast. That's great. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of the things that struck me about the show right from the start was the uh, the assortment of characters and the actors playing them. And I I, I must admit um, I hadn't seen Oz uh, at that time, um, and I hadn't seen Six Feet Under, so most of the cast were were quite new to me. But the um, yeah. the cast certainly seemed to gel, and that that really helped yeah. sort of establish the show. To me, as a viewer, absolutely. We uh, we gelled pretty quickly, and we knew that the material that we had was was special. We uh, none of us knew how it was going to be received, 
but uh, we knew that the material that we had, the, the subject matter was controversial, but we knew that the material that we had was pretty special, and all the characters were, were really rich, and um, it was it was very interesting. I was I was really uh, happy when I got the pilot. Uh, of course, not having any expectations of how uh, it was going to proceed in the future, but um, we, uh, we we got pretty lucky. Yeah. Did Did you have any reservations about the concept of the show? Did I have any reservations? Uh, say that again. Reservations about the concept of the show, in that as an audience we're to root for a serial killer, essentially. You know, I, I as an artist, I try not to uh, judge the uh, the actual uh, subject matter of the material that I get. I usually um, base it on how good the material is. Uh, I mean, we play, we're actors, so we play as an artist, you get to uh, interpret many different roles, and some of it are not always attractive, some of it are controversial, some of it are ugly. Um, and as an artist, you just have to try and, uh, uh, you know, just disregard that and just do the best work you can to interpret a role, regardless of what the subject matter is. Mm. So I looked at it that way. I think most of us looked at it like, you know, uh, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, th- th- we don't make our choices based on politics most of the time. We, uh, I, you know, I, I, read, I read a piece of material, a screenplay or a play, um, and, or, you know, or a pilot or a TV series, and usually the quality of what is being said and the story matter, that's, that's what's important to me. Um, and so, uh, to answer the question just for me, no, I didn't have any reservations. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the show was a hit, and it, it's interesting that it, it came along in a, a time in television where I think this, this, uh, a kind of um, what, what's the phrase I'm looking for? A trend of, of anti-heroes featuring in TV shows, and, and Dexter is certainly um, no exception. You've got shows like The Sopranos, and more recently the likes of Breaking Bad and Sons of Anarchy, where um, anti-heroes feature uh, very prominently, right. and um, a far cry from the, the, the squeaky clean central characters that we might have enjoyed back in the 80s. Um, Right. Well, I think I think that the turn of the century uh, brought kind of a golden age to this kind of television format in which it's a format where it's like 12, 13 episodes, so it doesn't consume the entire year for the audience. And it's actually, you know, it's a certain amount of episodes that can really get into the, the you know, the, 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 the grittiness of whatever story they're trying to say in that season. And, um, you know, it's really, a, to me, television, I got it, you know, Dexter came out during a time when there was a lot of great shows that were out there, like The Shield, and are now Breaking Bad, and, and, and like you said, The Sopranos, and uh, just a lot of really damages, a lot of great shows that um, that you see on television. They're almost like long movies that, you know, that you would see in the 70s when... It was the you know the renaissance of great films you know and and uh, so I was I got really lucky to be involved in, in, in into that journey into on that train. Yeah, definitely. Um, now specifically about your character of Angel Batista, uh, what was what brief did you have about his character from the start? 
what say that again what what, what brief did were you given in terms of his character his motivation um what the guy was like or, or did you have a lot of input yourself well basically you know um originally angel batista was a forensics guy you know um if you read the book by jeff Lindsay, uh he's a forensics guy so he deals with crime scenes so originally angel batista was a crime scene analyst kind of like what masuka is now um they changed it you know to make him a detective uh, i guess so that you know he could be more involved in in the um every episode in in the series um and basically you know i, I to me, what I like about Angel Batista, he's just an average Joe. He's just an average guy who's who has a big heart, who's who's honest, but he's also flawed. You know, he's got he's got issues like everyone has. You know, and um, I, I somehow I don't know. You know, you don't you just try to create with what the writers give you the great dialogue and the great scenarios that the writers give you. You try to. Um, just scope out a really good character with that's very layered, that's very complicated, that's not just one note. And, uh, you know, I try to do that with every character. And I was fortunate enough to get material that gave me the ammunition to be able to do that as an actor. Yeah, and of course in season one we did get quite a bit of background about the character in terms of uh, his domestic circumstances, trouble with his wife. Yes. Um, one or two transgressions, um, uh, issues with uh, Angel wanting access to his daughter, um, and I think that gave the character a lot of depth in, in those early days of sort of establishing everybody. And uh, as a viewer, absolutely, it and it also and it also gives the character a kind of um, a strong baseboard to deal with the main characters, like to deal with Dexter. And to deal with, uh, you know, uh, Deborah Morgan. And, you know, he, he's got that experience in life that, you know, and they showed that in the beginning of the series, which later on comes to play in his relationship with these other characters. Um, so it's, it was really great the way they established that character in the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and you mentioned there about, uh, Batista originally, uh, being intended as a, a forensics guy and, and certainly on watching the pilot that that's clear he does seem to be more focused on the forensics side we even see right. him in a shirt and tie in the first, in his first scene which is quite exactly. rare exactly yeah <laughs> um, yeah yeah uh, and then it very quickly obviously he's, he's, the fashion changed and um in came the the amazing shirts and the hat um <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> did, did you did you have much input on, on the fashion side, or was that something the writers came well, up with? you know, listen, we, we have great, great wardrobe people, great costume designers, great costume people. You know, the one thing that I tried to, uh, I wanted to do was have him stand out, have him, you know, look different than, you know, everyone else. And, and they were, and they did that. Um, you know, uh, the hats was, uh, the hats was an idea of the, uh, the original, uh, the man who wrote the pilot, Jim Manos, I remember going uh, to his room, and he had a lot of these, uh, you know, a lot of these hats. And I'm like, wow, it'd be cool for Angel to have these kind of hats. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then the shirt came. You know, he's got his own style, 
whether it's good or whether it's bad. <laughs> and everyone has their opinion, but he's got his own style, and I wanted to. I'm glad that they gave him his style, and he's very recognizable in in the way he, uh, you know, his 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 style in clothing and his style in you know his uh, facial hair and you know just his his way of being is a little bit different, a little bit odd, a little bit offbeat, and uh, that I found I found that very interesting because that's all part of it. That's all part of the character development. Mm. Yes, and. You mentioned uh, a few moments ago about the character being an ordinary Joe, and I, I think that's what draws us as viewers to him, in that he's someone maybe a lot of us can identify with. He's just an ordinary guy trying to make his way, uh, trying to do the right thing, being honest and decent yeah, and reliable. That makes, yeah, that makes mistakes. I mean, a lot yeah. of people can relate to him, you know. Um, he doesn't claim to be... Uh, you know, I think he's a great, he's a really good detective, but I think he also makes a lot of mistakes. I think he trusts too much sometimes, and um, you know, and he's uh, he, sometimes he's hard-headed, sometimes he's uh, temperamental. Um, I think he has a whole unique way of looking at love in, in different ways. Uh, he's not as jaded in certain ways that other people are. And uh, and then he's also overly careful about certain things. Um, and those are all specific moments that I keep finding every year about this character. And that's you know I gotta I gotta like uh, give a lot of credit to the the people that write that character. You know and um, so yeah it's it's uh, it's something some it's a character that you know uh, you know the, the blue collar guy can relate to as well. You know and that's that's something that's attractive to me. Yes. Uh, you mentioned there about Batista in love, and obviously we had uh, for a couple of seasons the storyline with his relationship and, and brief marriage with Maria. Um, now, some some of the audience, I, I think it's one of those storylines that divided the audience a little bit. Um, some knocked it, uh, while others said, well, it's perfectly plausible for these two characters to be drawn to each other. Um what one of my um, listeners, Travis, uh, who um, admits he wasn't keen on that particular storyline, he emailed to ask what you thought about that particular storyline and the effect it had on your character's development. Um, you know, listen, uh, any storyline once once you start getting invested in in characters on a show, uh, you will find I know I will find in watching a television series where I get invested in the characters you really start to kind of like subconsciously judge what they do and who they <laughs> go with. And, and, and I, I think that that's what was happening. I think that once uh, Angel and Maria got together, uh, you know, it, you're right, it was split. Some people really loved it. Some people uh, didn't buy it, you know. And I think that has to do with um, the individual's investment in each character. And, you know, maybe uh, a character did really loved Angel Batista and didn't like Maria La Guelta or vice versa and those two together created some kind of uh, spark, some kind of fire in in, in, a lot in these audiences but yeah. overall I think in the journey of each one of their characters I thought it was a good thing because it kind of like uh, shook things up a little bit you know yeah. it shook things up a little bit and, and also how often do you see two kind of um, middle-aged, not that we're that old, 
middle-aged characters of Latino background together as a couple. Usually there's always one, you know, smoking hot model type and then some, you know, an older man or vice versa or they're both, you know, these are just two middle-aged working class Latino characters that come together in an environment that can be very volatile and not only do they have to deal with the every day in and day out uh, affairs of the work, now they also got to go home together and deal mm. with their own personalities. I found that interesting. Some mm. people didn't like it. Some people did. That's television. That's art. Some people like it. Some people don't. But they always found it interesting. I never found anybody who didn't like it that wasn't passionate about it. And if you're passionate about it, whether you like it or not, it means that you're interested. Mm. So to me, I found that storyline interesting without judging it. And, uh, and so that's my take on it. Yeah, certainly the, it, it did bring up some interesting situations uh, through those seasons between the characters. One that sticks out in my mind is uh, from season five where uh, there's the nightclub shooting and Maria uses uh, Deb as a scapegoat for her own bad decision and I, I almost leapt out of my seat and cheered when uh, Angel told Deb that he was going to file a report that backed her up rather than his wife. I thought that was a fantastic moment for the character. Well again yeah of course that's, that's what I really like about this character. He's got integrity. He's got integrity. Now integrity can mean many things and I think his integrity is he's very very serious about his job. You know, he's very serious about doing the right thing. He's an honest cop, and I think that is what um, it's to me. That's a common denominator about this character, and I think it showed that in that situation. Hmm. I had uh, an opposite view to uh, to Travis from another listener, Matt in London, who says the Angel and Maria storyline was one he really enjoyed, seeing the romance blossom between these two and both finding some happiness with each other and he singled out the moment that Angel declared his love for Maria saying he kept rewinding it to see it again he thought it was fantastic you know I was thinking Carl Haas's wife gets mugged boom she's dead Carl gets hit by a bus boom he's a vegetable you never know you wake up in the morning what the day will bring I love you I love you. Are you saying that because you're afraid you get hit by a bus? No. Well, yes, but... I just want you to know what I know before I don't know it anymore. And I love you. I love you. I love Maria Esperanza de Alma La Guerra. <laughs> I mean, while well, he's clearly a hopeless romantic, <laughs> um, he, yeah. uh, he he obviously demonstrates that there there was this uh, um, sort of split uh, opinion on the storyline. Um, but like you say, I think you're right. Um, as, as as viewers, we do get invested in these characters. Um, right and almost take it personally when they do something that maybe we as individuals don't approve of or agree with. Well, I think Angel is kind of an awkward romantic. 
<laughs> he's like he's romantic, but he's awkward and uh, not very. I, I don't think he's very suave, but he's romantic and he's passionate and he's heartfelt. Um, and I think that that makes it that makes the character really interesting. You know, it's uh, you know, it's, it's like how do you express that when you naturally are a little awkward? You know, and I think that's probably a way that Angel did it in professing his love to Maria. It's awkward and it's weird, but it's genuine. <laughs> it's mm. romantic, and I <laughs> yes. thought I, I loved that moment when I read it. I was like, "Wow!" I said, "That's pretty." It, it was great. It was it was wonderful, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, bringing bringing the conversation more up to date with um, events of season six, um, I must admit I, I wasn't alone amongst the viewership that was starting to fear for Angel's safety. <laughs> Throughout season six, it seemed that he was happy. He he'd bought his sports car. He seemed very comfortable uh, with his place in the world, if you like. Um, he, he had that sort of buddy thing going with Quinn. Uh, there was a fantastic scene where they were <laughs> they were smoking pot in the car and uh, just being sort of old pals. Um, and we were we were starting to wonder whether things were going a bit too well for him and maybe it was almost foreshadowing that something bad might be um, approaching for him. Now, um, obviously it was teased um, towards the end of the season, but um, I think we're, we were all very happy that he survived to the end. <laughs> but, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I, I wonder, have, have you ever started a season and maybe got to a certain point in the in the season, maybe you've picked up a script and you've thought, oh, hang on, this doesn't... Have you ever had an inkling, you started to think, am I going to survive to the end of the season? Or in sort of business terms, would you be told at the beginning of a season if you weren't going to survive? Well, listen, you know, I uh, I remember in the first season, uh, I remember I got stabbed in the first season by the yeah. ice truck killer. Yeah. And I remember reading that script and I got a little nervous and asking people like is this it for me is this it for me? <laughs> and uh and they said no no but now you know in the sixth season uh you know listen we're here my character my job on dexter is to support the story of dexter morgan uh and and it's it's and so anything can happen to anybody as we saw uh at any time mm. so I wasn't, I'm not as worried now. I mean, if so, whatever, if, if, whatever happens, if it supports the story of Dexter Morgan in six, seven, eight seasons, whatever seasons it is, uh, that's my job. And so, no, I kind of found, I find any, uh, twist interesting, and to me it's encouraging, and it's an opportunity for me to bring new light to this character. Um, I wasn't worried, to be honest with you. Not like the first season when I was. <laughs> uh, this, this season I wasn't worried. I said, I'm going to go with the flow and whatever my character, whatever I serve to the story of Dexter is my job and is what it is. Um, and so, you know, I, I, you know, I kind of wasn't too worried about it, you know. And uh, as for things going well, it, you know, things didn't go well for Angel in season six. He got divorced. He found out that his relationship was more uh, genuine on his part than on Maria LaGuerta's part. Um, he also lost the lieutenant's job he, uh, to Deborah Morgan, who was below him originally. 
he uh, got involved with a partner who used to always put him in a bad position for him to look after him all the time. Um, and so he, he, and then the, the call was more like a little midlife crisis he was having. And so it wasn't, it wasn't all as well with Angel. It was kind of a turning point. It was kind of a crossroads of how is he going to handle adversary? How is he going to handle the divorce? How is he going to handle having a new partner? How is he going to handle not being promoted over somebody who was below him? And all of that is challenging for me as an actor. So to, season six to me was a very interesting season in that it was uh, always something new, discovering something new about this character. And uh, I, I invite that every time. It's such an interesting thing to play as an actor. Yeah, definitely. I think you're right that it wasn't it wasn't 100% rosy for him, was it? I, I'm I guess we were thinking in those first few episodes of the season that um, he seemed to be quite content. And um, <laughs> I, I smiled when you used the phrase "midlife crisis" when when he turned up in the sports car. And um, that's a no, cliche. All come, I think we all come. Yeah, I think we all get to a point as human beings. You know, when we get a certain age. Um, yeah, I don't know about you, but as I get older, I kind of accept things as they come. You kind of accept that's just how the world is, and you kind of accept things as it comes. And I think this is uh, season six was like that feeling you get about him being content is not being content, but just being more open and accepting of things coming in. You know, and I think uh, as we get older, we have to accept a few things that maybe we wouldn't have been able to accept when we were younger. And uh, you know, that's all part of the journey of this character. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, as we alluded to at the beginning of our conversation that there's a little bit of an elephant in the room in terms of the series uh, and that was of course how the season ended um, with Deb's discovery um, yes. I, I guess the rest of the cast weren't aware of that scene were they it was I believe it was omitted from everyone else's script is that right uh, I, I wasn't aware of it yeah um, but you know then again I'm not aware of how they end the season almost every year if I'm not involved in it. Okay. You know, they kind of always keep that last. And you know what? I don't want to know, actually. I kind of, <laughs> you know, I, I look at the I look at the year of Dexter after it's being filmed, and I watch it on television, and I know everything that's going to happen. And it's always exciting for me to see that last episode and not know what's going to happen. So I, I don't really want to know. You know, unless it involves me and I have to be a part of it and, 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 you know, but, you know, you get an inkling of it, you know, you get some kind of inkling of what's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to happen, but, you know, you get an an understanding, you know, uh, I knew that, um, you know, I knew that Rita was going to die. I didn't know how, you know, I knew that Dokes was going to get killed. I really didn't know how it was going to happen. You get an inkling of that while working on the set. I did not know how this was going to end this year or the uh, specific scene as to how they were going to do it, um, which was also exciting to watch for me. And so, yeah, they try, they try to keep things. Uh, I try not to find out too much ahead of time. That's just me, my individual. Um, I, I like to be surprised because in being surprised, I'm able to then be spontaneous when I acted. You know, and so uh, I don't want to spend too much time knowing what's happening and thinking about it because then I don't want it to become kind of like 
contrived. I like it to become kind of spontaneous and, you know, think about it kind of like at, on the day so that I can make decisions spontaneously and it becomes fresh and it's interesting. Um, so, yeah, to ask your question, I did not know how it was going to end. I had an idea of what was going to happen, but I did not know how it was going to end. So, And I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it was certainly a shock, I think, to pretty much all of us viewers because at that point we, I, I believe we knew that there were going to be two more seasons and uh, I don't think anyone expected the writers to pull the trigger on Deb discovering quite so soon um, it was it was almost just bolted on to the end of the season and it, it was almost jarring um, but wow what a way to go out <laughs> it's certainly yeah, well, uh, let's see uh, let's let's see how they uh, top that this year <laughs> I'm sure they'll try <laughs> uh, how, yeah, how do you think sure. um, I mean th- this is a question that's been sent in by quite a few listeners is is how do you think Angel would or will react if and when he discovers Dexter's secret? Wow, I don't know, to be honest with you. I I really don't know. I don't know how I would react. You know, I think about it like, how would I react if someone close to me I found out was a serial killer? Like, what if I, my brother was a serial killer? What, how would I feel? How would I react? Um... It must be very, I would feel, probably feel very conflicted. You know, I think I probably would feel very conflicted and a little unsure of what to do, uh, as Deborah will be next season. Mm. Um, I, I honestly don't, I can't really answer that honestly and, and have an appropriate response because I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Yeah. And I would think, I would think he's going to do the right thing. What the right thing is, is, you know, everyone's different opinion. Yeah. That would be my gut feeling, is that he would be conflicted, but at the end of the day, he would do the right thing, and he would, he yeah. might not like it, uh, because Dex has been his, his, his friend for so long, but I think he would, he would do the right thing and want to see the law take its course. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. As for Deb, I I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a game changer. Yeah, we'll see. It's a game changer. We'll I can't see. wait. Um, yeah. What, what do you foresee, or what what are your hopes for your character in the final two seasons? Do you have any um uh, any hopes or fears for him? Um, you know, I just it's my character that is. Yes. Well, I think that I think he's just need to continue living his journey and and uh and maybe finding some sort of i guess um just settling settling down and and uh discovering you know uh maybe discovering someone he would want to be with, discovering where his career might go. But I mean, that would be that would be the same as uh, for all of us as human beings. Um, I hope it becomes uh, as complicated as it has in the last six seasons, because you know, as something as uh, I think Angel Batista has grown a lot in the past six seasons with everything that he's experienced, and I think that uh, I think I would like maybe I would like to see him take more of a. Um, uh, su- uh, supervising, uh, you know, uh, attitude towards helping other, you know, other cops in the precinct. I think I would like to see his relationship with Dexter, uh, become, you know, more specific, 
um, I would like to see him find a uh, a proper relationship. You know, mm. um, I would like to see him. I would like to see him uh, have a more relationship with his daughter. Um, you know, but those are things that it's just my. Those are just my opinions. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, it's going to be what can Angel Batista do in season seven to make the story of Dexter Morgan interesting in season seven. And I think that is my, that is what I serve. That is my service to the show. And I think what I feel personally, uh, it might be different than what the writers think because they have to, they have to deal with the whole show. They have to think about every character. They have to think about how Angel's actions are going to affect the Miami Metro Police Department and Dexter Morgan and Deborah Morgan, you know, and Quinn and uh, Masuka and, you know, the Vuelta. I think that uh, they all have to mesh into the ultimate story, which is what's going to happen with Dexter Morgan. Yeah, and of course there's uh, Angel's sister in the mix as well. I I don't know whether whether she's back next year or not. I, um, I, I don't see I, I, any reason I hope, why not. I hope she is, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah she's certainly a very likeable character. And I must admit, we did have a theory uh, in connection with, with her that... Um, Maybe Angel would be the one to find out Dexter's secret last season. That the theory was that um, maybe Harrison would um, point to the aircon unit, with, uh, point, point it out to Jamie and say, "Daddy's box," <laughs> and she'd open it right. up and find the slides and, and show them to you, and that you'd be the one to <laughs> get on the trail. Yeah. Uh, but that obviously didn't come to fruition. But um, who knows? <laughs> Anything's possible. Yeah, well, you know. Anything is possible. That's what that's what these great writers have set up in the first six seasons. Yeah, anything's possible. Yeah, and they're certainly not afraid to um, uh, take drastic measures or, or, or shock us as an audience. And um, I, I certainly think the latter stages of, of last season showed that with the um, the Deb quote in love with Dexter storyline. That um, that was another one that that divided the audience. In fact, probably arguably more than any other storyline. Um, but I guess it links with what you were saying earlier about as, as viewers, we get invested in characters and um, you're, you're almost, you're judging, aren't you, as a viewer? Um, yeah, you know, yeah, that's, that's what's great about, that's what's great about what we do, you know. Yeah. Um, just, just sort of before we wrap up, um, some some listeners were asking um, what what your favourite scene from the entire series that you've been involved with is. Do you have a favourite? My favourite from from the entire six seasons. Yes. Oh wow! Um, you know, I, I always um, I always enjoy my interaction with Dexter. The scenes when I am with Dexter, when we're talking about life and we're talking about relationships and we're talking about religion. Uh, Dexter and Batista always have a unique conversation that is always incredulous to Dexter as to why does he think this way. And uh, it's always interesting. It's almost like Dexter's way of dealing with the audience saying, why do you guys think the way you think? I don't, I don't think that way. And I feel like kind of Angel represents that, you know. Yeah. And so my, all my scenes usually with Dexter Morgan uh, is always to me a, a, a lot of fun because it really it's not just it's not just throwaway scenes. It really has to do with 
his way of thinking and his way of trying to trying to get in touch with the normal world you know and i think he does that through angel batista like there's a there is a scene and i think it's either season two or season three where uh angel was in police station and dexter tells him if there's anybody i want to be like it's you angel Mm-hmm. And Angel has no idea what he means by that. But I think it has to do with whenever Dexter is a little confused about how the world is, he goes to Angel and he tries to figure out through Angel what he's missing. And I think those scenes are really interesting to me. Mm. And 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 again, last season when they had some conversations about religion, uh, in fact, it brought that some of those exchanges brought some of the season's biggest laughs with Dexter's inner voice responding to some of the things Angel was saying about his faith. Um, exactly. Great, great writing exactly. and, and great, great yeah. delivery from, from both of you. Um, Thank you. Uh, and, and do you have a, a favourite scene from the entire series that, that you weren't involved in? And there's been some fantastic moments from from the six seasons do you have i always i always find that uh like there's always like these wonderful scenes like when when dexter the the fbi picks him up in his house and they're walking him into the precinct and he sees you know lundy and matthews on the desk with his slides and he realizes oh man i've been caught (laughs) And the whole audience <laughs> is thinking, this is it. He's been caught. And the suspense of him walking in and walking towards the desk and only to find out that they think it's dokes that did it. <laughs> that kind of suspense, that kind of drama is what makes, to me, is, is some of the favorite moments, the best moments of, of, uh, of the show, you know. Um, to me, it's not the killing. It's not the ritual. That's a ritual. That's a killing. To me, it's those moments where, you know, circumstances get together to create this tense moment of maybe identifying what he is and maybe not, you know. Uh, and that and the scene and then the episode in Thanksgiving with John Lithgow, oh. that <laughs> one scene in the dinner table um it's it's amazing those those yeah. scenes are, are just fantastic and uh i i always you know uh there's all and, and every season has a handful of those moments yeah. and uh but you know i would say that second season where he comes in and everyone thinks that even us reading it when i read it for the first time i'm like wow is this it and then they say oh we found this in dokes's car or oh, we found this with dokes and they blame dokes for the for the yeah. killing my old friends here to betray me. Please sit down. I'm sure that you heard we have a suspect in the Bay Harbor Butcher case. Put him on. We now have the evidence to back it up. We need answers. Now. Trophies. 
That's what I thought. What happens now? I know this will come as a shock to you, Morgan, but our primary suspect is someone you know well. Sergeant James Dokes. Sergeant Dokes? To me, that's, that's exciting drama. You know, and uh, so that's 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 my favorite moment. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I know there are a lot of purists out there who who yearn for the kill of the week or for Dexter to kill again. Um, but for me, I, I'm I'm in complete agreement with you. Uh, some of the, those moments are just great moments of high drama and tension. Um, and and I think the show is at its best when Dexter's in jeopardy and, and under threat of discovery Absolutely. and and. Season two epitomizes that, and on the podcast we're rewatching season two at the moment, and um, we're about a third of the way from the end uh, of season two, and, and Dokes is sort of picking up the scent again, and um, the tension is really ramping up. Uh, we've we've yet to get to the the headbutt, <laughs> which is for me was one of the highlights of the season, <laughs> but uh, it's fantastic revisiting the, uh, the those those great times, and and you mentioned. The Hungry Man episode, which for me is, is one of my favourite episodes of Dexter of all time. Um, that yeah. really was one of the most dramatic things I've ever seen on television, uh, that dinner scene. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's really, really, uh, and re- really exciting. You know, uh, season four was just an exciting season overall. Mm. It's just, you know, uh, just we've had wonderful people on our show, uh, whether it's Keith Carradine or Jimmy Smith. Uh, you know, John Lithgow, Moe's Death, um, you know, uh, Edward James Olmos, Colin Hanks, and just Julia Stiles. They, just wonderful actors that bring so much to this story of Dexter. Um, so we, I've been very fortunate as an actor to have so far six great seasons with, with, uh, with kind of a family that we've created on the show mm-hmm. and then, uh, guests that come in that just, uh, infiltrate our goodwill and just like just join in our family and uh so it's really it's really a great great experience yeah that's that's fantastic i mean i i as a viewer i I look forward each season to see who's going to be this season's guest star and uh, the show certainly has a good hit rate of, of bringing in some quality uh talent to um supplement the uh the regular cast and and everybody brings something different to the table um so, yep. yeah, it's, uh, we'll, see what, uh, we'll see what happens this year. We'll see yeah. what happens. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Well, uh, David, thank you very, very much for spending some time with me and, and chatting about your career and uh, Dexter in particular. Um, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And, and, and thank thank the audience in, in the UK um, because you know, without the audience, you know, our show wouldn't be what what it what it is, and yeah. uh, it's wonderful to have a very intelligent uh, viewership to really enjoy what what we're trying to we're trying to do. So my thanks to the uh, to the public over there, and my thanks to you for for moderating this, and uh, I appreciate it. I look forward to coming back. Brilliant. Thanks very much. I might take you up on that. <laughs> uh, but okay. It, in, in, the, in the meantime, um, best of luck with. The new season. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be um, uh, fantastic. Uh, I mean, we're, we're all really looking forward to uh, what season seven has in store and um, what seems to be the start of the end game being set up. Uh, and obviously, looking forward in particular to your your part in it and um, what the future holds for Angel Batista. 
Thank you very much. Okay, so as, as I say, thanks very much for joining me, and um, hopefully speak to you again. So uh, thanks very much, David. All right, cheers. Okay, bye for now. Bye.